everybody. Welcome to episode 201, 201 of the Go Gorilla Filmcast, your source for all things indie film and more. I'm one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson, and we finally broke 200. Well, we did that last week. Well, we bro- we made 200 last week. This week, yeah. we broke it. You know? Or whatever. Um, um, so yeah. we're going to... We have we watched some things. We watched a thing, really. Yeah. Um, because we've watched, I got you to watch two documentaries in the same yeah. week. I don't know how the hell that happened, but yeah. they're a little hard to talk about because there's like cinematically, there's nothing really to talk about aside from the story. So then it just becomes like a political conversation. Sure. I don't know if we want to go there. Um, not that we won't go there. It's just I don't know if I feel like it today. Yeah. Uh, Universal we, healthcare. We, <laughs> we were supposed to have a guest, but unfortunately, they wrote the wrong day. So we were like, "Why aren't they logging on?" Oh, yeah. And then I messaged them. They were like, "Oh crap." So we're trying to um, reschedule. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to reset. We reschedule that one for another time. Um, so I don't want to like jinx it by saying who yet, because then it's like whatever yeah. doesn't happen. So it's just our luck. It's yeah. just our luck. It'll happen. Um, we, we have we have their information. So well, we'll see what happens. We'll just chase them forever. Um, we said that we would sort of touch base on the announcements, but there doesn't seem to be any for NAB. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a few things, I guess, uh, but nothing like, you know, I, I feel like there's, it's just hard. It's hard to, the supply chain and everything, I would imagine it's hard to kind of come out with a new product because uh, of supply ch- chain issues. They're hard, it's hard enough to keep track of, um, you know, or not keep track of, but keep supply of what we currently have. There was a couple things that were kind of interesting they had this one thing where it was like a backpack harness Mm -hmm. and it was for a boom mic so the boom mic it then held the boom mic which went over their head and then shot straight out and then you had like these little controllers you could put in your hand and it moved the uh the um boom mic around so you didn't have to sit there and hold it above your head so that's pretty cool yeah i say it's about time jesus it only took but how much is that I don't know. I don't even know if they had a price yet. It was still kind of like the prototype or whatever. Um, Aperture came out with a couple lights, but they're too expensive for us, so who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm sure they love hearing that. uh, They got great lights. I have some, and I'm going to buy more, but I'm just, you know, the ones that they announced were just a bit pricey. Um, They're the the main one they announced. I mean, it's, 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 you know, the problem is, is that, when people go, since we obviously didn't go to NAB, so when people do go, they just cover the big things. You know, they just cover Aperture and mm-hmm. Canon and whatever. And it's like, I feel like you need to cover the up and coming things because every, everybody knows what's what Aperture and Canon and all these companies are coming out with because they're going to be everywhere. But it's the smaller people that have like bet the farm to like... <laughs> spend all their money on what <laughs> they just spend all their money to get a booth there to try to like push their product project and and um that stuff i would be interested in you know just the smaller companies <laughs> the ones that bet the farm <laughs> bet the farm productions that's what this one there you go um but yeah uh i don't know I watched, uh, I listened and watched. We're like, nothing was announced. You know what my problem is? (laughs) They never, they never focused on the smaller people. Well, we just have to go. Well, we did go. Well, New York, yeah. Okay, it's the same thing. No, it's the same thing. 
Yeah, but it's the same thing. So like you're not even gonna get the the close to the amount of people at the New York one as the Vegas one. Yeah, but there's still people there. I mean, there's sure. still plenty of people there, and if nothing excited ha- happened, I mean, there was I, I don't know. I I didn't really see the point of any of that. Quite honestly, I think if you're if you get free passes or tickets, it's one thing. But um, I I I just I mean. I guess like if if you have a massive hoarder side, the loot seems worth it. But it's just like, first of all, like for us to go to mm-hmm. that, I have to bring all this shit back on a plane. Yeah. So is any of this really free when I have to pay an extra $50 to mm-hmm. get another fucking carry on on there because yeah. of all the shit that we have? And that, now what are we doing with this? Because yeah. I can tell you that I think you used one thing that you've gotten as loot. It was a hat or something. Hmm. That you've worn. Oh, no. And then like some T-shirts because you'll like wear any T-shirts. But all of that other shit that it's like you it's an it's an impulse grab, you know, because it's free. So you want it. Yeah. Uh, Like how many pens do you need? And then it's like (laughs) you start cleaning out your room. You're like, I don't really need this bouncy ball that lights up. Yeah. It's a (laughs) a light up bouncy ball or like, you know, a a reusable bag because I can't say canvas because it's not. It's like that super cheap like almost plastic yeah. material feeling kind of, th- it's so weird. The seams always fall apart. If you put anything heavier than an apple in there, good yeah. luck. Um, well, you know, they, they get, there's much better swag there, you know. Uh, yeah, but there's, they also, they also do that. Like, first of all, you have to get there immediately when they open because yeah. everybody grabs everything and we and got there. And all the there. good sizes are gone. Yeah, everything's gone. Like yeah. it just, I don't know. It, it seemed like uh, like a whole lot of The Vegas money one, and, I go because... There's more stuff there, but then and and getting the swag and but and probably more so just to hang out with all the MoGraph and film people, you know. Okay, you can plan a trip and do that another time yeah, where you don't have to go to Vegas. It's not the same. It's not the same. You're saying this to me as if you're just like willing to get on a plane. Like the only reason why you haven't gone there is because you no, won't go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you're not willing to hang out anywhere else with these people, I don't know why that's going to make a difference. So wait, I, I don't know. You don't want to drive four days there and spend two days there and then drive four days back? No, <laughs> that's just stupid. Or spend four days there. I don't know how long it is. Things like four days. Um, yeah. So I guess not. There haven't really been many. No, announcements it, it was. It wasn't that. It wasn't on that, our level that would be yeah, worth yeah. mentioning. I guess. Uh, it wasn't, and it wasn't that busy either. You know, a lot of people were still not going because of the leftover COVID and. Yeah, so I don't. I wouldn't imagine they were going to go too crazy so, with yeah. merch and stuff because mm, yeah, there's not unless I mean unless unless they did and then like people just like made out like bandits. Well, that's what I was thinking. You know, because there's less people there, there's more. I think swag. so many companies lost money that they're probably not giving away as much stuff because all that's all that crap costs money. Yeah, to have to print something on like oh look a mouse pad. I miss the days. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I miss the days when things were announced at NAB. You know. Well, but that was kind of why we waited, but yeah. it doesn't seem now to be... Now everything's just announced whenever, you know. You poor baby. Yeah. I don't know how you're ever going to survive it. Mm, we'll a ter- That's a terrible, terrible thing. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think there's been any other kind of, like, news. No, yeah, not that I can think of. Um, not not uh, crazy. Um, I feel like we're stalling for time. Let's get on with it. Oh, Jesus no, I'm Christ. <laughs> I'm stalling for time. For the love of Pete. Um, so yeah, we're, you know, the, the, we'll just mention the two documentaries that we watched. Um, one of them was the, the new Netflix drop for the Marilyn Monroe documentary. Mm -hmm. I should probably have the name of that, right? 
I mean, that would help. It's like Marilyn, the unheard tapes or something. Like yeah, that. it's, you know, I don't, I don't know what happened over like COVID where all of these hidden tapes became yeah. suddenly available. Yeah. So there's three documentaries that dropped. This is one of them. The second, the second one that I watched was the John Wayne Gacy Netflix yeah. of all these hidden tapes that no one had ever heard before. And then um, I think it was another serial killer. It was Dennis Nielsen, I want to say. It's Dennis Nielsen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was from the UK. Uh, more tapes. That, more like tapes. what happened that everyone was just sitting on this and they were yeah. like, boom, go. Let's do this. This is what we need what? to get through this pandemic is to hear what people thought. Yeah. And the crazy thing is that there were... So my only issue was that I thought this was going to be focused on her. Yeah. And the tapes were not... Fo- she says like four things through the whole thing that was recorded. Everything else is sort of hearsay and other people's opinions. So mm-hmm. it's kind of deceiving. If like you think that you're getting a tell all, like a yeah. self tell all, like they did with um Princess Diana. They did a really good documentary where she just like went off. Yeah. And it was all of her, you know, like her speaking. So that is not what you're getting here. Yeah. By the way. I was but but for someone like me who knew very little about her in terms of like her death and how involved she was with the Kennedys and all that stuff. A lot of that was kind of new. No, it was. Sir, (laughs) excuse me. Kennedy and Monroe. The Kennedys and Monroe was not a new thing at all. Well, I know, but I, you know, someone like me, I don't pay attention to that stuff or, or care about that stuff. So I don't, I don't know. I never knew the 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 depths in which the Are entanglements you kidding went. Kidding me? Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> the entanglements, uh, they were more than entangled, sir. And yeah. that has always been. I guess always, the, always the death been. stuff really shocked me the most. I didn't know. Not me like, because no, there was, like was way more information out there that they didn't get into. I just said I wasn't going to get into this documentary, but I guess we're going to get into this documentary. Um, there was so much information that has been out there um, that didn't make it in in terms of like the actual physical things that were found like during the autopsy and, and, and so like that's like was, so, was really she murdered weird. then there were some questionable things that had happened in the rectal region and mm. i'll just leave it at that and you can go look that stuff up that was that was questioned as to whether she had been set up poisoned and or it was mm. the 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 scene was set by doing that um she she if if you see the postmortem pictures of her you would never know it was her she looks nothing like herself now she was face down for some time so the blood will pool to your face mm-hmm. which could be why her face looks the way that it does also and it's swelling and stuff but um i don't know there was just a whole lot of um i think the way that they marketed it was kind of like hey you know we know that there was some funky stuff going on. And then ultimately the director's like, no, I think she killed herself. But anyway, and it was like, what the fuck did we need all this? I mean, that was the official report. So why make a whole movie about you just basically confirming tapes? And there wasn't, you know, there were no secrets. Everyone knew this. That's what I was going to (laughs) say. I didn't know much about it because I'm, you know, I'm just a dumb dumb and I don't really, you know, pay attention to things, but I, it didn't seem like anything was like, Oh my God, that, that happened. Um, Besides the death stuff, you know, like her like leaving and and the, but then they brought her body back to the and it's like yeah that all this was weird stuff. that was some new newer information, um, you know that that the that the the therapist or her psychiatrist rather um, was more involved than we thought in terms of timing and obviously like there was always something really sketchy about the 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 housekeeper and mm-hmm. just everything was weird so. 
you don't know a lot about this because you don't follow a lot of this stuff, but I had a, uh, I grew up with a copy of Hollywood Babylon in my house, which was a wildly inappropriate book for a young child to have. So I always was like, oh, there's a mystery behind this. So my uh, interest went back into the 80s where I was like, oh, so she could have been killed. Mm -hmm. Um, The Kennedy thing, I always had this weird obsession with the Kennedy assassination. So I always knew those two were connected. Anybody that knows like a bit about Marilyn knows that the Kennedys were a big part, uh, you know, of of her her day to day for a while there, uh, especially towards the end. So it's like, I don't know. It's crazy how much access she had. Yeah. Like she went to like, didn't she go and like watch a nuclear bomb thing with them or something? Or they did. They, I don't know. No, they 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 divulged lots of information to her allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, and so the the consensus is that you know she had to go. Um, but I, yeah, I I don't know. I I just felt like the documentary kind of like it it set a tone that it never really met. Like when I watched the trailer, I was like, oh, we're going to get some really good information here and they're really going to go in depth. Yeah. Uh, But they didn't. It was Mm. just kind of like more about those conspiracies. Yeah. I I don't know. It just confirmed a lot of stuff that people already knew. And then ultimately for the director to be like, yeah, I think, you know, everything they said, that's what happened. Yeah. They did do this one interesting kind of thing where they had these actors um, lip syncing to what was on the tape, Mm -hmm. like talking into phones and stuff. I don't know if that was necessary. I didn't get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it, but it's it's. I don't know how I feel about it. You know, it's kind of like okay, that was that happened. I guess like they were trying to find, uh, like they were trying to find a more visually artistic way of getting yeah. those tapes across. Um, yeah, and couldn't was... they just have used like a picture of the person? Yeah, they could do anything. I mean, this... I've seen them do that another one so yeah it was you know i i think i would have preferred this over just seeing a picture or something it was a little it well, gave I, some visual style I, to it i, I guess thought, whether well, you like it or not i mean i guess it was to it might have been to try to keep track of everybody if you mm. see the actor you're like oh sure. that's who that's person supposed yeah, to be because yeah. he talks to like you know eight or ten different people throughout it and you're like wait a minute who's this again and so every time i saw the son of the psychiatrist i knew who they were talking about because i kind of seen that actor already and like went my brain went, ah, yes. Mm. So I guess there was... But are we supposed to believe that through the whole t- investigation, these tapes never were heard, <laughs> ever? It just seems kind of bizarre to me. I, I mean, know. the people who were on the tapes know that they did the tapes, right? Yeah. That they spoke to this person, so they know they're out and if there. They, and, if, and if they were never heard before, like, that seems like a, you know, like, a lot of useful information could have been on there about what happened to her, you know? and I think, again, it's just going to be hearsay. Right, because anything anyone says on that is an opinion, and nothing has any type of. There's no. There's sure. no facts attached sure, to but this. That, but, so. but it could lead to you know you finding something. And nobody out, reopening but... this case. I mean, no, no. Never... I'm saying no. I'm saying at the time these tapes were out there at the time or in the 80s. Yeah, I think these but were. they weren't going to do anything about that. I mean, yeah. I think the, they had reopened it. I in the think 80s. that the the their reluctance to actually go into these conspiracies is probably what makes it more likely that she did die suspiciously because it's like they're trying to just like be like no we're done with this it's over i mean where i mean normally especially at that time where like you know a hollywood starlet dies you would think that they would be more investigative in it yeah uh but 
these were the times, I guess. So I guess we did kind of go into that one a little bit. It's now available on Netflix. I mean, I think if you're if you're into the the story and you're interested in it, then it's worth a watch. I mean, it wasn't terrible or anything. Mm-hmm. I just didn't feel like it really gave us anything major. Mm. It just kind of like no big bombshells. Aside from like the her going in the ambulance and then being brought back home yeah. post mortem, you know, like it's like okay, well, that's I mean, that alone is suspicious, right? Because that's not protocol. We don't go into an ambulance, die in an ambulance. Yeah. And then get sent back home and then put face down like we weren't in an ambulance. Yeah. We're not questioning that. All right. Uh, but again, you know, especially at that time, I'm sure everybody was paid off. I mean, why wouldn't those ambulance, why didn't, wouldn't the ambulance drivers be like on the news the next day? Like, um, no. Yeah. Right. Uh, we, you know, so well, that's what obviously I'm saying. You the have fact all inf- that they didn't do that is because they were hushed and paid and yeah. all of that, which is suspicious. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Suspect. Definitely suspect um so the next movie that we watched i'd seen a trailer for a couple months back and uh we decided to bite the bite the bullet and and go rental like we're gonna yeah. rent this it's gonna happen we so spent it was the a, four dollars it was a toss-up between yeah. this and a24's lamb which we still have to review and watch because mm-hmm. uh you know i'm i'm kind of a, a big a24 fan with the exception of the new horror movie that came out x xyz one two three whatever the hell it's called just x um, i think i i'm i'm not really willing to pay for that i think unless it's like 2.99 or something i yeah. just uh i don't know you know i want to see it but yeah I'm i want to see it but it. i'm not like rushing to see it um and way too many there's way too many loose lips i've heard so many things already mm. you know so it's just kind of like starting to get ruined it appears to be just kind of like a straight up slasher hyphen porn yeah. set i don't know like yeah. i don't so that's why i'm just kind of like i don't know that's I don't... all i haven't heard anything i just know it's like these people go in the woods to make porn and then it turns into a horror movie yeah well yeah the industry is pretty scary itself i don't know that we needed all yeah. that but anyway um so there was a there was a, a horror movie toss-up mm-hmm. <laughs> we we're like who's gonna win um and so we watched um writer director kate dolan I already reached out to her and didn't hear back from her, so that's why we're just reviewing it. Uh, mm. If I'd been able to get her, I would have waited. Uh, but we're just going to talk about it. Um, she did. You're a, lost, Kate. She did an indie film, 2021, called "You Are Not My Mother," starring Hazel Dupe. I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, Carolyn Bracken, Paul Reed, Jade Jordan, um, Katie White, Ingrid Craigie. I want to say. Um, it's. I mean, to me all unknown actors i i i was maybe i was familiar slightly with the mom i swear like i'd mm. seen her in something before and um but everybody else i i wasn't really familiar with them which i kind of love you know yeah. that's like when i see something that's like all right this looks intriguing and i'm not distracted with these actors because i don't know them yeah um that's kind of always exciting so um i uh it's did i say the name of it you are not my mother yeah <laughs> I don't know if I'd said it or not. I think you did. I'm not listening to you. Yeah, I know. Uh, What what is new, Mm -hmm. sir? Um, So this film, I, like I said, I'd watched the trailer, but I stopped kind of halfway through because I didn't want to know what was going to go on. So I was just like, all right, I'm like, you know, I I hit the bullet points like cinematography, check. Yeah. Editing, check. Got it. Story's interesting. And then I just kind of end it there. 
not yeah. all the time, but this time I did. Um, it had a very A24 feel it did, yeah. to it. I'm surprised it wasn't an A24 film. Guys, you might have... Maybe Dropped she didn't want it on there, yeah. but um, I mean, it 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 very much felt A two four ish. Yeah. yeah, I would say um, had that really cool. I mean, I feel like anytime you you film in in these types of uh, overcast countries, it mm -hmm. always looks good. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Credit to the to the DPs and all, but you know, you half of the work is kind of done with <laughs> you, it's done for you. I'm just saying, geographically, you live in the place to do that um, when you can. When you can create moody lighting in Florida, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of really impressive because it's like, how? Uh, but the, it's just, I don't know. These, these, these countries are begging to be filmed in, one would say. Yeah. Um, and so I knew sort of the, the gist of what was going on through the trailer, but I didn't have all the details. Um, you didn't know anything going nope. in, I don't think so. That was always two different experiences yeah. that we have. Um, I very much enjoyed this film. Um, there were certain, like, tw like the ending for me was a little bit like, I don't know. Um, I guess maybe just I expected something else, I yeah. guess. Um, but the effects in this, so essentially what you would consider your jump scares. Yeah. Um, I thought were incredibly clever. It's just the way I love a horror movie to be. Yeah. I hate the stereotypical jump scare. I ninety percent of the time I know they're coming, so I, it doesn't even work on me. I still jump. You still jump. You jump yeah. at everything. I am actually at a point where I anticipate you jumping, and I wait because <laughs> I'm like he's gonna jump out of his skin in like three, two, one, and then. So, I like. Well, I don't hey, know. first of all, I'm not <laughs> jumping out of my skin. Okay, it's a it's you a it's a mere shudder. Have. Okay, I'm just shuddering. Like, oh, you know falsehoods <laughs> sir no there are several times that you've jumped quite a bit nah. who are you kidding stop it fake news um, <laughs> a couple films have gotten me and i'm always like oh they got me but um it's just it's so overdone that it's yeah. getting to a point where like unless you're super sensitive to it it just doesn't work anymore which is why it's like stop doing that just Find more creative ways to scare people. Yeah, this is a good example of creative ways to scare people. Um, yeah, because you can feel it. You can feel those moments coming. You know, but yeah. it's effective when you can. Well, music and editing too are yeah. helping. And and now it's like you have the lead up jump scare, or you have the lead up break then jump scare. Because uh, sometimes they that's a that I feel like is almost more popular than a straight jump scares when you 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 build 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 opens the fridge nothing's there. And mm -hmm. then they close the fridge and then they're standing behind it because, you know, it's like they want to like that's that mo. But it's it's those moments when you don't expect things to happen. You know, you, you can't scare people with a, a buildup. It's like we know it's coming, but mm -hmm. if they're just doing their thing and then all of a sudden it's there. So the the only and it doesn't have to be like a lot of times the subtlety of a background movement or something is enough to. Yeah, I mean, be I, creepy versus I personally being, like, prefer. Scary thinking i saw something versus having it confirmed for me because that's always like those moments where you're like do i react to what's happening right now because i maybe saw that wrong and mm -hmm. would then be overreacting so like those moments in a film are always appreciated i i feel like because they they just they're they just more effectively mess with you psychologically yeah um it does the, the characters do commit the like the cardinal horror movie sin for me where like weird shit's happening yeah. and they kind of just like 
business as usual. They acknowledge it and then just kind of go like, all right, I guess I'll still approach this person, which is like, absolutely not. Once I know I've seen you swallow your own fist, it's out for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're donezos. I yeah. don't trust you. <laughs> you know? And then you just go out, lock yourself in the room, go to bed and then go to school the next like day. Like people go to sleep. I'm like, is that a thing? Really? Uh, there's no way. I would have soiled myself immediately. Um, you know, the crazy thing about an experience like that, right, is like, who do you say that to, right? You can't call the police, right? And if you say that to a, a physiatrist, they're going to tell you, uh, you take these pills because yeah. you clearly need them. So that's, you know, those just like those little Your moments mind's playing tricks on you uh, are always like just ideal for me. But um, that scene, the scene with like the mom kind of freaking out in the living room. And like hurting herself when she hauls ass up the stairs. Don't yeah. like that. Don't like being chased. Yeah. Um, she was quite spry for a woman with a broken ankle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, that one could say that is whatever's um fueling her and controlling her that yeah. is able to do that. But um so but credit to uh to the actress who plays her mom, um, I, I really felt like that was just like her performance was amazing. Carolyn Bracken. And she reminds me of a, um, what's her face? Laura Heedy, Le Lena Heedy. Yeah. There were, there, like, for a split second, I was like, oh, also is this Carrie her? Coon a little bit. No, I don't get that one, really? Uh, I don't see that one. She reminded me of, of Lena Heedy. I was just like, holy crap, they mm. look, like, they could play sisters. Um, it's, that there's, you could so easily go overboard with that type of character um, unintentionally as yeah. an actor because yeah. it's like, I feel like crazy sometimes comes across the way makeup does on camera where you're like, you're going to need way more of that because it looks like you're wearing enough here in the mirror. But once I get you on camera, I'm not going to see half of that. And I feel like playing crazy kind of it may feel because it's 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 an, uh, a foreign behavior for you. So you think you're kind of like doing enough and then it doesn't really come across. Right. But then you can very the line is so fine between overacting that and then it's just like wow that's just too much and now yeah. it it's become comical um so that's a really that she just really kind of stayed right in the middle of that where she she sort of like towed the line on both both sides and mm -hmm. kept like this neutral way of playing the character that was like just creepy enough um but yeah like i don't know the the daughter's made her nerves are made of steel because i just i would like once she was in the she jumped in the water and shit like all of that you know it's yeah. just like absolutely not we're not hanging out <laughs> yeah like, i don't uh i don't want to know anything about what you're doing I, you know but could she so so the the idea is that you know there is this curse within the family and mm -hmm. you know so it's like can she ever really escape her because it'll just sort of then show up in another yeah. you know it sort of shape shifts into somebody else or yeah. like i guess that was the idea that but that they had protected they, her as a baby no so yeah. like how did this but they don't go like too much into the actual origins of it all you know mm -hmm. i can see them easily uh, a studio picture mm -hmm. wanting to be like okay well back in 1880 turn it into a folklore yeah lesson. kind of thing where it's just like this is what's happened. These are the rules. And, and there you go. Like you probably you, you wouldn't know any more than the character knows, you mm -hmm. know. And so that, I think, really helps put you in that position. Because um, there are times when I want to know, like, well, what like what is what is this? You know, why, why is this happening? And blah, blah, blah. But that the point of the story is not this demon. It's it's this 
it's the daughter, the character, her, it's about her journey, mm-hmm. you know, and she's not going to, you know, sit there and be like, when did this start? Who was the first one? You know, like all this stuff. You're just trying to figure out how to stop it and then, you know, get on with your life. I was a little bit confused personally. Like I said, I, I did, I did enjoy the film, but there were like a couple things. That was one. It was just the, that cardinal sin. Every, a lot of people do that. So I don't really count that for me. It was probably more the, like the 180 that the bully does. I didn't yeah. really understand what like sparked that. Like, why did she change her mind so suddenly? Because she seemed like really intent on making her life a living hell. In fact, who they wound up sort of deeming as the ringleader, I didn't think she was the ringleader initially. I thought it was the girl yeah. Yeah. that winds up befriending her. And then I'm like, wait a minute. She wasn't even like, because she was so aggressive in like her persona. Yeah was so aggressive and the way they focused on her just in editing i thought like okay so this girl's clearly like the leader of the gang or whatever you know um and then this other girl sort of plays second fiddle and then when she kind of wound up almost bullying her i was like what the fuck is this yeah like how did i don't understand i didn't understand what her motives were to suddenly want to be her friend because initially i was like oh this is a setup yeah and so then when it wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was relieved or yeah. disappointed because I was like, well, then but again, why? there's there's that moment with the friend in the house where she's like waiting for her and like the the mom comes and she's like soaking wet or whatever. Like that was, she was her mother. Yeah. The bully's mother. Yeah. That's but her the, mother. But then like you don't ever talk about that. You know, like, hey, I was in your fucking well, kitchen. And... So she if you remember when they were talking, she had said that her mother sort of comes to her when she makes stupid decisions and things like that. It's when they were sitting down smoking like whatever in that like junkyard or whatever, whatever they were in. She sort of she sort of insinuated that her mother guides her through her life. Hmm. Uh, it's a creepy ass way to do it. <laughs> Mom. Yeah. Uh, let's find maybe orbs or some shit. Um, but I, I actually, I really loved that part because it was like, yeah, I liked it a lot, but it's just like, it's, it's again, that thing where it's like, you don't ever tell anybody or it's just, that's your life, I guess. Here's what I wonder. I wonder, maybe I've answered my own, I'm going to answer my own question. What did the bully seem as sort of lace fair, if you will, about the whole thing? Because she was experiencing like that type of, uh, connection with her mother like her ex- her afterlife experience with her mother is quite gloomy and terrifying right it's mm-hmm. not like again it's not like little orbs dancing around or like pennies on the floor or something yeah. you know it's like if this is how she is appearing to you and has been throughout your life i guess you would be sort of numb to the idea of like some demon taking over her friend's mother you know and she was kind of like uh yeah i got this <laughs> you know yeah, right she should be like oh ma, not now not again yeah. um, just got here so i mean i guess maybe that is what it, it, it like maybe she felt a sensitivity to that hmm. and that's why she kind of turned on her heels and went like oh no i'll be your friend now yeah because um, then like father's like i don't want you talking to that girl so then she's like i'm gonna be your best friend how about that yeah i don't know so that that those motives were still kind of a little bit weird for me but there were you know just the way they chose to um handle the 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 makeup and the effects i thought was really good like with the mom um i don't know like i don't i don't know that i even needed the mother to get that close to her because you see her in the background for Mm -hmm. a second and it's like oh yeah right and i think that if maybe water had just appeared 
Yeah. And like if she was just looking up, but there was nothing there, like it just looked like water was coming out of nowhere, that might have been like even creepier because mm. you're not see. I don't know. I guess I, I just I envy these people's ability <laughs> yeah. to just go through life with those types of strange visuals and not be in an uh, institutionalized. Yeah. But I, I just don't get it. That seems like a lot. Uh, watching someone like unhinge their jaw just yeah. enough to get their fist into it. it. It seems like I would maybe need to talk to somebody after yeah, that. Like that's, but it's, you know, that's such a commonplace trope in, in horror films, even good ones like this. It's like, you know, but, but it's, it's, it's a tricky kind of, um, it's a tricky thing to maneuver, right? Because you have to keep building the, the stakes, raising the stakes and building the tension and all that stuff. But you can't have them just say, all right, we're just going to leave or whatever, you know, just call it quits or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Or, or, but I feel like more recognition to those moments would and would uh, lend a little more believability to it. I think, and here's just, here's my, here's my two pennies. I just think that when that's done correctly, it's usually because you're attaching a trauma to it which you are in a sense in this, but I felt like the mother's depression just wasn't enough mm. to normalize what they were experiencing. If you go to a film like uh, Hereditary, for instance, you can justify Toni Collette's letting these strange things go because she's in a grieving process and she's choosing to reach out to her daughter in the afterlife, right? It's right. not like it just kind of started happening right. and she's like, oh, whatever. She went looking for that. So it's like she got what she was looking yeah. for, maybe not what she wanted, but she opened that portal, so to speak, right? So when those things start happening, obviously the character knows why, you know, yeah. I've done this and this, you know, this is why it's happening. Um, but had she not done that, had she just started to hear clucking around the house, mm -hmm. uh, absolutely not, you know what I mean? Yeah. But even then, I could probably forgive it because she's in that desperation as a mother to see her child again. So she may be like, I'm okay with this. Um, but there's just sometimes in movies where things happen that are so overtly uh, like abnormal and it, to see a character just kind of go about their life, but then suddenly become scared by other things. It's like yeah. this you're scared by, but yeah. not the fact that you saw them levitating, Yeah, uh, you know, or, or something like that. Um, Midsummer, another, uh, Ari Aster movie that's a, a good example of that is like her her character Florence Florence's character goes through such a trauma essentially lost her entire family in one night so of course she's more susceptible right to what's happening but it didn't explain it for me for the other people right with her I was like okay she may be like kind of numb to what's happening around her but when the other people were like yeah, this seems okay at first. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, no. No, you're all nuts. There's no way that any of... The, like, it's the second you got on that property, that should have looked weird to you. There was yeah. just something not right about it. Uh, so that that film for me, which is why I prefer Hereditary over Midsummer, it's just that film for me kind of... It, it committed too many of those sins yeah. with the characters. Because you'll end up having the one one character being created and the other character like, just relax. Yeah. It's probably nothing. And yeah. It's like... It's that's that is a trope that 
that that one drives me crazy. You have to throw like if you throw in. I think the idea is to always to throw in some type of psychological loop and mental health loop, right? Because then you you can you can lay down that foundation of doubt once you're messing with somebody's mind, right? Am I really seeing this? Mm-hmm. Is this something that I should trust? Can I trust my own eyes? And there's a you know a Jacob's ladder is a wonderful example of that. I mean, yeah. obviously through the whole thing, uh, he 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 is since passed or passing on the table and these are you know all these things that are happening to him um but he is a vietnam vet right so when these things start happening you're like well consider the ptsd and trauma like we can we trust this can we you know is he experiencing what we actually think he is or is this just like going on in his head and um you know, then they throw the fever in there, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. you, hallu- I have personally hallucinated having a fever. So I know that you can't trust the things that you see yeah. when your brain is boiling. Um, and so it, it's, I, I love that type of approach to it. Um, but I still thought that this was quite clever. I think considering what, you know, often passes as horror movies now. And uh, I thought that it was, I, tell me if, tell me if it's just me. Okay. Tell me if it's just me. Mm-hmm. I feel like we went through the the. I won't go so so far back as like the birth of horror, like going back to like Lon Chaney and stuff like that. Um, but when when cinematically cinematically we started to really push envelopes with horror movies, and I'm gonna go 70s, mm-hmm. right? It it was. I mean, God, it was all about that storyline. Right? It was yeah. all about that storyline. And it was about it was shock value, right? Because we sure. hadn't, we didn't have, we didn't have the the the, the visuals yet to the the technology to kind of bring those visuals uh, to reality. Mm-hmm. So the seventies was when a lot of directors really started to to experiment with, with makeup and and yeah. practical effects yeah, yeah. and all this stuff. And I'm of course, with you so far. and of course, <laughs> and of course, many things weren't as scary, right? Right. To, uh, but there was no now, context but right. back then you had never were. seen anything right. like that so now we would look at these things and be like eh, i don't know um and then we went into like the 80s where we started to kind of toe the line a bit you know with some campy stuff but it still kind of worked then i feel like i feel like the 90s a little bit like we were still kind of okay but in the 2000s everything just went to shit we went completely overboard where everything was just cg and yeah. so overdone big and mouth so, yeah it was the screaming sound and uh, i was doing the same shit yeah. and it got to like it wasn't even like cool camper slashy shit like that the campy stuff that we had in the 80s it was like that was like valentine's day 3d and these really like just stupid fucking things that came out and then you had like the human centipede. It was like, I feel like horror movies in in the, like like a movie like Audition, for instance, right? right? That's just, it had, it, it kind of crawled under your skin organically. Mm-hmm. But then you have a movie like Centipede, which doesn't really have a compelling story. So they have to get you with the shock value because yeah. there's really nothing else to grab onto. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're sewing people ass to mouth and feeding them i mean where like that's the story like what's the story oh this crazy guy he sews people ass to mouth yeah that's pretty much it <laughs> like so aside from that shock value you don't really have yeah. much i'm gonna need weight. a little more background on that I don't, why, why exactly this, is this it's some infections hurt your mom? can we talk about infections yeah. sepsis yeah. <laughs> like 
just I'm just run of the mill shit. Um, and then, but you know, like there were there were gems in there. You had you had like let the right one. I mean, first of all, always foreign. Yeah. No, no surprise yeah. there that the ones that that did sort of hold that they they held their weight were always foreign horror movies. But mm-hmm. American horror movies just went to complete shit for the past like twenty years, and yeah. then like in the past like three ish three three years or so, I'm gonna say like three to five years, like with the birth of A24, like they started kind of coming back Mm -hmm. uh, to the more creative side, the storytelling side, where those effects and everything sort of took a backseat and the shock value took a backseat to the storyline, which is what I love. Mm -hmm. But then I feel like some, like my fears that just like before, it's going to start to go overboard where people try to become so artistically obscure that they just completely lose the whole magic yeah. of a horror well, movie it's, you know yeah it's, it, it ebbs and flows that way where you know you have somebody coming in whether it's jordan peele or ari aster or whoever making horror films that you know have some substance to them but then for the person after them when they're like well i want to do it too so i'm going to take their idea but i'm going to i'm going to dial it up a notch yeah and it's like well all right well then we're just going to end up right back to where we were and there's no reason there's no there's no problem with uh being confident in your material it's like when you start adding all the shock sure. stuff in there then it's because you're not confident in the story being creepy in and of itself you know and look some people want to make jump scares and that's what that's and that's their art and that's that's what they enjoy doing then mazel tov, you know they have have a blast he stole my line but uh when when you're using it as a crutch you know because i deal with that in art all the time where it's like yeah you're just doing what everybody else i do it with in music right i like writing music not that i really write that much anymore but i want if i were to write a song again it would be so typical of everything that's out there right now because that's what i enjoy Mm -hmm. and that's okay but i'm earnest in that you know it's when people are just start relying on these cliches and hooks and stuff as a as a you know the hooks should be like the topping on a well-developed custard yeah you know what I mean? It, it's the it, you should be able to you should be able to eat this ice cream without the toppings and have it be just as good. Mm-hmm. Those little things are just kind of like, oh, that adds a nice texture to it. That adds some nice acidity to it. Back to food because I'm a fat ass. But it's just like those things should not steal the show. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what happens a lot of times. We become so obsessed with those hooks that it's just. We don't care about what's underneath all of that shit. It's like those gigantic fucking milkshakes that everybody makes. Every trendy restaurant is like, let's put 17 pounds of crap in a glass and call it like a dessert milkshake. And let's put an entire slice of cake on a mediocre milkshake. And it's like, I don't, it's still supposed to be a good milkshake. I've had like a couple of those. The milkshakes are never good. It's yeah. basically just all the shit off the top that you're eating because the, the, the ice cream itself means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a metaphor. Uh, but it just it's true, uh, but like that's that's what starts to happen is that people are like oh my god how much blood can we get into this how much you know da, 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 and then because it's just like oh yeah, god and, and i don't even care about this anymore and they just it's it's more mainstream too you know it's like a lot of directors are you know want to break into you know what you're going to make more money with one of the watered down kind of shock value films but you know that but you know having these kind of like uh you know, those, I don't know, it's just those films don't do well in theaters anymore. And that's where the real money is, right? If you can get a, a movie that opens to like $50 million or $100 million, mm-hmm. then, you know, then you've, you've made it. 
even though there is no making it, but that's fine. Uh, and so that I think is is the birth of the problem. And, and so people are, just aren't content with making something good. They have to make it, you know. But again, it's so hard to tell because um, it's so hard to tell if somebody's being earnest in what they want to do <clears throat> versus just doing it to sell out or whatever, however you want to phrase it. And so <clears throat> so that is, um, that's a huge issue a lot of people can't tell. People like us who are fellow artists can usually tell, mm-hmm. but your your general person. And then on top of all of that, you have the studios coming in now, and not now, but the, if if you if you're not self financing it, then you're gonna have other people that are putting their money in there that are mm-hmm. gonna have opinions on what they think a character should do or For say sure. or whatever, and so that. And then, so then you're forced with the thing, all right, do I want to tell the my story in a watered down version or not at all, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm i a little more empathetic to that, of course, but it's, because, uh, you know, look, you got a lot of money, you want to invest in a film and you just don't want to be looked at like a bank, but that's all it is yeah. at that point, that transaction. One thing that we've talked about a lot that, um, so basically that was that review. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go watch, watch it. Film. It's a good film. Go watch it. It's good. Uh, it just has, you know, I, I'm curious to see what other people think if they feel the same. Um, but we've talked we've talked on the show very, very often about like sort of, you know, meal and real. And I think I, I wonder, right, there's obviously the temptation if someone's like, here, we want you to like star in or direct or write this incredibly campy, stereotypical type of movie, right? It's going to be complete horror garbage but people will watch it because it's horror and that Mm -hmm. that will always sell and there's that initial temptation obviously right if you're getting paid decently to be like yeah sure i'll freaking do it and then i can just do what i want blah blah um but there is also kind of the potential for that to backfire because now that's on your record so to speak right and people will go back and go like I'm not going to watch anything this person directed. They directed that other film, which was complete garbage. And why would anyone do that? So that is, I mean, there is sort of a catch-22 there. I mean, it could work in your favor. I I don't think anybody in the business doesn't have something they wish they hadn't done, obviously. Um, But it's not, you know, get... We've talked so much about how difficult it is to make films and all of a sudden. So I actually just wanted to jump back quickly to Mass. Okay. Okay, all right. Because... I try not to read too much article-wise on somebody when we do a review because I don't want that getting in the way. I don't want to be sort of influenced by something somebody else said or whatever. Uh Um, But I was just kind of intrigued and went back into, went a little bit deeper into Fran Krantz and getting mass made. And so he decided to do something that was really kind of ballsy. Uh, He, he, initially went through the friends and family list of like hey do you want to read the script and you know looking for funding and he made like some funny comment about like the best way to like never hear from somebody again is to ask them to read your script and yes that is very true because no one wants to give you money and they're like get out of here um so he took i believe thirty thousand dollars of his own money and then put that in as like, oh, look, it's partially funded so that when he took this to investors, it looked like he'd already had $30,000 invested into it. I believe he made the film for 300000 if I remember correctly, which is insane in an indie film business. Like yeah. $300,000 to us is, you know, that's a whole other world. But I really, considering the people he pulled in, I yeah. was really surprised that the number was that, that, that low. I mean... Look, all those actors are fantastic, and so I can't imagine it being like a long shoot, you know. 
Yeah, either, but so I mean, I just keep the cost down. I thought it would be really impressive if he'd made that for a million dollars. Just because I'm so desensitized, I'm so used to it now. Like yeah. we watch movies, and I think, oh, this couldn't have had more than a a, a two hundred thousand dollar budget. And it's like, yeah, it was made for four million. And it's like, where? <laughs> and so I've just kind of like I just expected at this point I thought if this was made for under a million dollars that's actually kind of impressive the fact that it was made for closer to a quarter of a million dollars mm-hmm. is even more impressive so did um, they did they take the 30 grand back I don't they... I don't remember like I don't know that's, what that's like if if that's all you have I mean that's a smart business move right I you mean, put it in there and you say look this is the money I have so far I just need the rest he's they a give working you the rest, actor so and then you take that money back yeah and then you just use the yeah I don't I don't know what he did you gotta, you're gonna use that money anyway it's just uh I just was just really impressed with it. I mean look you got to do what you got to do um but I just kind of laughed at an interview that he did where he said, you know, people were reaching out to him now that it was like, it, I think Sundance was the one that actually like really kind of catapulted it for mm-hmm. him. Like once it got accepted to there and did well there. Um, and then all of a sudden he got like the reach outs from everybody. He yeah, was like, yeah, yeah uh, where have you been? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Of course. Um, and of course. I thought that's, that's so interesting because exactly. Cause that's, <laughs> that's totally how that happens. Um, I can't even imagine to the like the magnitude of that because I it's the saddest thing because who the hell are we? But there have been people in our lives that like when we've been doing kind of well with stuff, all of a sudden it's mm-hmm. like, oh, oh, I want to work with you. And it's like, well, where have you been all these other shoots that we needed help and shit like yeah. that? You know, like or when you thought we weren't gonna go anywhere and so it's like you didn't feel the need to kind of put that effort in um like suddenly everyone's your friend and that's that's at a at a at a zero level where we are i can only imagine when you know you really start doing well yeah and something that comes out of the woodwork once we blow up oh yeah (laughs) yeah worms yeah (laughs) woodworms bugs apparently yes we got it's the spring and the bugs come out and i don't like it i hate warm weather for that reason yeah yuck um okay so yeah um hopefully we'll have a guest next week we have someone planned hopefully they wrote the right day down otherwise i'm gonna cry um but um i won't jinx it so we'll just say shout outs mograph are you right um and uh yeah i mean if you if you if you have an independent horror movie that uh checks all the boxes on the things that we like Uh let us know yeah if it's a drama if it's a thriller if it's a comedy whatever you got just send it our way and we'll we'll tell you what we think or not and um you know because um i don't know i'm afraid to say this but um i have said it before but i just kind of want to reiterate that it's like we have sometimes watched things that were like I don't know what to say about this. And so that's like people's things or just. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I feel like a bit of a jerk when I'm like, yeah, send it our way. And then somebody could be like, yeah, I did. Right. <laughs> and I never heard from you. And if like, I just don't, I don't know the nice way to say like, this isn't really our, it's not quite our tempo. Yeah. Um, because it's your tempo obviously, and it's yeah. your work and your art. And so like, Art is subjective, and sometimes yeah. people are gonna like it, and some t- people aren't. And I don't. I think people confuse that with the effort that they put in, and whether it's good or not, because you know. But uh, I just want to be honest. Like I, I don't want to put something. I don't want to pretend that I like something. Yeah. 
You know, that's right. just what it is. And and so somebody would say, oh, well, you're assholes for saying you didn't like this person's work. It's like, no, I, I just actually I didn't say that because I'm not going to even have the person on because I don't want to be saccharine about it and say, oh, my God, I loved if anybody was actually following the things that we said that the whole two people that actually pay attention to what we say yeah. here, probably. But still, like my fear is that somebody could be like that film did everything you claim you hate in horror movies. <laughs> Why would you have this person on the show and say that you loved it? Yeah. So I can I have to be honest. And right. so and, and I don't and, you know, people like our friends and, and people that we know and each other and stuff, we can like be honest about things we don't like. We can't assume that somebody's going to be like, I don't have a problem with you telling me all the things about my film that you liked, all the things about my film that you didn't like in complete honesty, you know, because they're, they're trying to, if you're reaching out to this podcast, chances are you're trying to promote something and that's fine. You know, we're, that's, that's how it works. And so um, I don't think they want to promote something when, there's things about it that we didn't feel worked for us mm -hmm. sp specifically, but which may work for other people. And that's, you know, that's the beauty of art. Right. And so it gets a little tricky. Yeah. I just feel like I, I need to say that because I, I feel badly sometimes when something's sent to us and I'm just like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what I would say about this. So yeah. I don't want to be fake. Good start, buddy. I don't want to be fake. Yeah. I just, that's kind of like, ugh. I'd rather you say, you know, that woman's a bitch. <laughs> yeah than me kind of just pretend to be somebody else for the sake of getting guests on, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, there's tons of stuff. Maybe we'll finally get to Lamb. Oh, I'm sure we will. Uh, and, Eventually. It's you know, just a matter of when. Yeah. I'd like it to be sooner than later because I was really waiting for that. But Fine. We'll watch it tonight. <laughs> I, I would like to see um, The Northman. Northman. Everything, um, everywhere, all at once. Yes, another big one. But the problem is they're not playing that at the fancy theater by us, and I just will not sit in a regular movie theater anymore i just can't i mean i shouldn't say that i'd be willing to do that if i knew that it was quiet and the experience yeah. would be like chill but just as we've said our theater's kind of terrible and so i just mm -hmm. don't we don't do that to ourselves but um once everything everywhere all at once is available we will like we'll easily pay 20 bucks to see that that's fine because mm -hmm. i would have spent that in the theater anyway but it's just not available to stream yet yeah. so we're just kind of waiting for that yeah um and then we'll for sure talk about that when the time comes. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.